Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be previewing the Shiners Children's Open 2023 edition. The PGA Tour is continuing its fall swing with one of my favorite tournaments in the fall. This is a very visually appealing golf course that you're going to see this week. And I'm not going to lie, it's enough to get me to tune away from the four o'clock window when football rolls around this Sunday to see if there's, you know, some kind of thrilling finish. Last year, this was a very good tournament to watch on TV. You had Tom Kim and Patrick Cantlay doing it back and forth till the end um, until Tom Kim finally came out victorious. This week, we're going to see if Tom Kim can defend that title, if he can do the same. So here on this episode, we are going to break down the course itself. We are going to talk about the best golfers that you can fit into your DFS lineups or onto your betting cards. And then we're going to close by talking one and done strategy if you are still playing one and done for the fall season. Now, if you watched last week for the Sanderson Farbs Championship, we were kind of all over it without getting the winner. Um, We had three of the five players that were in the playoff were guys that we either mentioned or were in my core that I posted on to the Patreon. So pretty much hoping that we can, you know, do the same this week, except instead of getting three to five, you know, that are in the playoff, let's go ahead and see if we can find ourselves a winner this week. So let's go ahead and start by breaking down the course itself. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so let's go ahead and break down the course itself. So if you're watching on YouTube, we actually have a flyover from um, Pro Visualizer that is actually pretty useful. Um, You know, just gonna kind of give you the lay of the land. But the course this week is TPC Summerlin, which is actually in Las Vegas. So it is a par 71 and plays to about 7,255 yards, which can be, you know, added or subtracted a little bit depending on, um, you know, the tees of the day. Now, this is quintessential desert golf. Um, the fairways are going to be very wide. Um, the hazards off the tee are going to be minimal. There's not a whole lot of water. There's not a whole lot of trees. But if you do miss big off the tee, then you're going to be in the natural area, just kind of the desert. And you never really know what lie you're going to get or you know where the ball's going to bounce or roll from the desert. Um, you know, you could end up with a shot that ends up behind a bush in a cactus. You know, there's just any kind of unpredictability that can happen if you bring the big miss into play. However, small misses are really not punished a whole lot because the fairways are wide, there's not a whole lot of rough, and the greens are actually pretty big as well, ranking over um, 7,000 yards or 7,000 square feet on average for the greens. Now, also one other thing to consider is Las Vegas is at a bit of an elevation, about 2,500 feet above sea level. Um, So this yardage is going to play a little bit shorter than it is on the scorecard. Um, This is not a long golf course by any means, but it's definitely a course where shorter hitters, guys who keep it in play, um, can definitely have an advantage because they're not going to be a whole lot of long approaches into greens. There's a lot of par fours on this course that are 400 to 450 yards. The par threes, there are three long ones and one short one. Um, So the long approach shots really this week are going to come into play on the par threes as opposed to the par fours and the par fives are super scorable um you're gonna have guys going in going for the green in two on pretty much every par five this week um you know none of them rank as very difficult um all of them are holes that you're gonna have to make birdies on speaking of which you're gonna have to make birdies if you want to win here at this tournament the winning score generally approaches or passes minus 20 so if you're not making birdies you're going to be losing ground on the field now how exactly do you go about making those birdies well with the landing areas off the tee being so wide and so forgiving, approach is the name of the game. If you are able to stick your approach shots close, then you're going to give yourself a better chance to roll in that birdie putt. So generally speaking, the guys who win this tournament come in the top five in this tournament, come in the top 10 for this tournament, always, always, 
are scoring very well on approach are gaining a lot of strokes on approach. So the best approach players in this field in the last 36 rounds, the top five has been JJ Spawn, Mark Hubbard, Sam Ryder, Eric Cole, and Chez Reeby. Now, when you look at the history of this tournament, the big dogs tend to show up at this tournament. Like, generally speaking, this is not like a super strong field, but guys who win this tournament are generally some of the better golfers in the field. Like last year, you had Tom Kim winning it, Patrick Cantlay runner up. 2021, Sung J M won, Matthew Wolf runner up. 2020, Matthew Wolf, fresh off the heels of being runner up at the US Open, runner up again. And then you had Bryson DeChambeau in the top 10 of that tournament as well. 2019, you had Kevin Na winning and Patrick Cantlay runner up. 2018, Bryson DeChambeau winning, Patrick Cantlay runner up again. And then 2017, Patrick Cantlay winning it. So basically, the best golfers that show up at this event tend to play like the best golfers at this event. So if you're betting this week, I would probably not go super far down the board. However, I do think there's some clear tiers of golfers this week that you can kind of take advantage of with the pricing on the betting board and on DraftKings. Now, as you can see by the winning scores on YouTube, pretty much minus 20 is probably going to be a um, might not even win you this week. Like you're gonna to have to make a lot, a lot of birdies. Now, in terms of comp courses, with this being kind of a desert golf course, um, the two other desert golf courses on the PGA Tour are TPC Scottsdale. It's another par 71, similar distance. The setup there is generally pretty harder. The landing areas are a little bit pinched in. The green complexes are a little more difficult. There's a little more elevation change as well in terms of uneven lies. So TPC Scottsdale is kind of like this course is like more difficult older brother. And then there's the stadium course, which is the host of the American Express Tournament. Um, that course is also a birdie fest. It's also desert golf. It's not very difficult at all. Um, however, with the specs of this course being what it is, with it being a par 71, with it being a shorter golf course, guys who have success at other shorter positional golf courses tend to play pretty well here. Um, think about uh, Colonial, Harbor Town. Um, I know there's another one I'm missing, but just, you know, shorter positional courses, guys who played that brand of golf end up generally playing pretty well here. So just who this week are we going to be targeting for our betting cards and our DraftKings lineups? Let's go ahead and dive into the board. All right, so as we take a look at the board on DraftKings, the betting board kind of mirrors the DraftKings salaries a little bit. And to me, there are two clear top dogs at this tournament. There's there's a tier of just two guys that's all on their own. Uh, and then there's a tier of three guys right after them. They're also all on their own. And then I think you have kind of a little bit of a mess after that. So I would probably, if I were outright betting this tournament, mainly focus on those top five guys. But when I say top two, I really mean it like these two guys at the top, Ludwig Oberg is how everybody's saying to pronounce it now, and Tom Kim, those are really the only two guys that like I would be inclined to ever like bet in a major or like, you know, win an elevated event. Like just these two guys, like they're supremely talented and they're young and up and coming. And, and if I had to bet on anybody in this field to win a major in the next five years, it's going to be one of them too. It's not going to be anybody else in this field. So just how do we use that information to build a DraftKings lineup? Well, you're looking on DraftKings, I think a lot of people are going to start their lineup with Oberg. And for good reason. He's been playing some really good golf. Um, you know, he was in the playoff last week at the Sanderson Farms, and he was a neutral putter. He did not gain any strokes putting, and he still almost won that event in a playoff. That's crazy impressive. Also, uh, he was 
pretty good over the course of the last two months. You know, he played in the European Tour for three events, did not finish worse than 10th. You know, played in the Ryder Cup, played very well. Pretty much, he hasn't finished worse than 14th place since July, which is a really impressive run. He's still waiting for his maiden victory on the PGA Tour. And I think it could happen at a course like you know, TPC Summerlin. There's not a whole lot of hazards off the tee. Um, I kind of think that Oberg's game very much mirrors Brooks Kepka in a way that he is long and straight off the tee, and he is, you know, fairly conservative but accurate with his irons. And so I think this is the type of place that could suit him well because I do think he could end up, you know, finding himself in the fairway with a very minimal distance to the hole uh, and, you know, kind of have the ability to have the green light to get a little bit more aggressive with the lack of distance on the course. So I, I definitely do think this is a good spot for Oberg. However, I think I kind of prefer Tom Kim a little bit. You know, Tom Kim is the defending champ. He's played on the DP World Tour in the last month, you know, coming in 18th at the BMW PGA Championship, which was a field that was not that far off from an elevated event on the PGA Tour with just how many good guys were there. You know, and then he was sixth at the France Open. Um, and so I kind of think he's playing some really good golf. And he's the defending champ, right? Like there's just, there's something to be said about knowing that you're going to a course that you've played very well at and you've won at. And knowing that at a course like this, approach is the name of the game. That's Tom Kim's strength, his approach. And so if he's going to be dialed in on his approach, we know he can have the spike weeks with the putter like he did here last year, like he did at the Open Championship, you know, earlier in the summer, and like he did when he won at the Wyndham a year ago. So Tom Kim, we know the approach play is going to be there. And it's just a question on if the putter is going to show up hot. If it does, he's probably going to win. So I expect there to be more ownership in DFS on the side of Oberg as opposed to Tom Kim. However, I think both of them are worth every penny. Like I would be very curious to set up a lineup that has both of them in it because like we mentioned before, the guys who are good golfers that come and play here tend to play well here and find themselves near the top of the leaderboard. So um, I, I would not mind trying to find a build with both of them in it. Now, the next little tier of three to me is Cam Davis, JT Poston, and Siwoo Kim. Now, this is more of a tier in terms of a talent level as opposed to a course fit. I don't think this is a great course fit for Cam Davis. So Cam Davis, where he plays well at, are shorter courses where he can, you know, hit irons or, you know, woods off of the tee, like the Wyndham Championship, like Harbortown, um, or courses where you can spray it all over the place and there is no hazards, like Detroit Golf Club. And this is not exactly either of those. This is a course where you're going to want to hit driver, and it's a course where you can't have a big miss with the driver. So I just don't necessarily know how good of a fit this is for Cam Davis, but I'm not doubting the talent, and I'm not doubting the recent form either. You know, he had two top 10s back in August, and then came in third place at the Fortnite Championship as well. So he's coming in on good form, but I don't know if this is the best course fit for him. What I do think is in DFS, he's going to be a guy who's going to be supremely under-owned because I think that people are either going to opt to pay up for Oberg or Kim, or they're going to pay down for JT Post and Siwoo Kim or somebody else. Now, the second guy in this tier is JT Poston. He's a very sneaky play to me. Um, he's generally a good approach player. He is generally a good putter, which are the two traits that are going to help you this week. You're going to have to stick it close, and you're going to have to roll the putts in. And he's coming in on pretty good recent form. You know, he had runner-up earlier in the summer at the 3M Open, seventh place at the Wyndham, and then a pair of top 25 finishes in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's playing some pretty good golf, and he's got a skill set that kind of fits this course. So I would not mind going with JT posting this week. Siwoo Kim is another guy that I think fits the course pretty well. Um, you know, you look at just how Siwoo Kim 
how his career has gone. He tends to play his best golf at these shorter positional golf courses. You know, he plays really well at um, TBC Sawgrass. He plays very well at the Wyndham. He plays very well at uh, the American Express, which is one of the comp courses to this week. And he played well with the one time he showed up here last year. He was eighth place when he showed up here last year. So Siwoo Kim is definitely a guy that uh, I'm going to be finding a way to play in some DFS lineups this week. I think he can even be a second guy in if you start your lineup with Oberg or Tom Kim. Just know that you're going to have to find some value further down the board if you want to go that route. Now, to me, after those five, there's a whole lot of guys, probably about maybe 10 to 15 deep, that I just don't think there's a whole lot of separation between. And, you know, kind of the way DraftKings and FanDuel work for salaries, yeah, they got to put separation between them, right? But I, I don't really, if you were to ask me to rank this range, it would be quite the task because there's just a lot of guys in here that I see is about even in terms of talent level. So Eric Cole is a guy that continues to play well, and he's being priced up because of his recent form. Um, you know, he came in 35th at the Sanderson Farms after having a top five finish at the Fortinet, and he just had a really good summer on the PGA Tour as well. This is another course that should suit his game because you don't have to be elite with the driver. Eric Cole generally doesn't struggle with the big miss. He just struggles to have decent driver shots. And, and so this is a place where if you are below average to decent with the driver, then you're going to be okay because the rough isn't very penal and the fairways are pretty wide. And so if this is going to be mitigating his one weakness, I think this is a really good spot for Eric Cole, in fact. Next on the board is Nikolai Hoygaard, who I see as a very high upside play. You know, he makes a lot of birdies. He has a very high birdie or better rate, but he's also super volatile. Um, I don't necessarily like the course fit for him. He's kind of like a Cam Davis where he can really bomb it off the tee, but he does have, a, you know, a little bit of a big miss problem. Um, but he's just a guy that has a lot of upside. He's super talented. It would not shock me if he won this event, but I definitely don't think this is the best course fit for him. I would prefer to play guys below him in the pricing. And and that does not include Emiliano Grillo. Quite frankly, with Emiliano Grillo, you never know what you're going to get. Um, I thought he was a really good fit heading into the Sanderson Farms. Missed the cut. You know, he, I think this is a pretty good course fit for him. Well, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I just think he's probably the most unpredictable golfer um, in this field who has the upside to win this tournament, absolutely. But I really just don't know what I'm going to get out of him. Now, the two Adams are guys that I am interested in. That is Hadwin and Shank. Adam Hadwin has been really good at this tournament. He owns three top tens here at this event. Um, when you look at the history of what he does well, he's a good iron player. And this is an event where you're going to have a lot of short irons and wedges into greens. And so I definitely think this is a really good spot for Adam Hadwin. Adam Shank is another guy that I like a lot this week. Adam Shank, just an early look at it, is probably going to be in my core. Um, I just really like the course fit and I like his history as well. Um, you know, he showed up here four times in, in a row the last four years and he has four straight finishes of 27th or better, peaking with a third place finish here two years ago. And I really like that upside. You know, the last we saw of him also, he came in ninth place at the Tour Championship where he was starting like dead last, 30th with the, with the starting strokes. And so he played his way all the way up to ninth place. That's pretty darn impressive. And so he's playing good golf. He's got good history here. He also tends to play his best at shorter courses. You know, think about his runner up to Grillo back at Colonial or, you know, back in the back in May, I guess. Um, I just really like how his game sets up for this place and it has set up well when he's shown up and played here in the past. You know, last year on the PGA Tour, well, I say last year, but I really mean calendar year 2023. You know, it was a lot of guys that 
knocked on the door for a victory and then finally busted the door down. You know, you think of Victor Hovland winning at Memorial, think of Jason Day at Byron Nelson, Ricky Fowler at the Rocket Mortgage, just a lot of guys that just had close finish after close finish and finally put it all together for a week. Adam Shank was the guy that had all the close finishes and never cashed in and won. So I think this could be a prime opportunity for him to do so if the trends of the last year on the PGA Tour are to be believed. All right, that does it for the 9K range. Now, if you're sitting here wondering, well, all this is great, but who are you actually going to play in your lineups? Well, there's a few other ways you can get more information from me. First, you can follow me on X at Mike's Money Picks. Um, I'm more than happy to answer any questions on there. I also tweet out the DFS rundown before every event where I highlight some of, you know, just some different types of plays that you can find. I'm also in the Fantasy Corner Discord. Link is in the description. We got a lot of smart guys in there who play DFS for a lot of different sports, and the discussion really gets rolling on the weekends um, for golf and football season. And then and also, I do write full articles for every slate on who is my core and how I'm approaching the slate. Uh, I post those on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. If you want to read the full articles, they are $3 a month, but I post them for every college football, golf, and NFL slate. So you do get some, you know, you get a lot of information for that, I, you know, because I'm posting the core, I'm talking strategy, talking ownership, all the good stuff. Now, also, if you want to try anything new this golf season um, or football season for that matter, um, Go to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks. We are partnered with Signup Expert, and what they do is they give all the best offers and promo codes for any DFS player prop or sportsbook site, and they put them all in one place, and they even sync it to your location so you see what's available. And if you use my page, it'll also show me some support as well. And not only that, but you're getting the best offer and promo code for new users on any of those sites. So signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks if you're looking to get some new action here this season. All right, so let's take a quick breather, and then let's talk about the 8k range and below all right so at the top of the 8k range jj spawn is a better play than i think a lot of people are going to give him credit for he has two top 15 finishes here at this course and he is the best approach player in the field in the last 36 rounds he's just a terrible player which is not necessarily a trait that you want to have coming into a birdie fest. But hey, all that would have to happen is just a few putts to roll his way. And if the approach play continues and the course history that he has here continues, then he's going to be in pretty good shape here at $8,900 on DraftKings. Now, right below him is Vincent Norman, who kind of like Oberg and like Hoygaard is a super high upside player who drives the golf ball really well. Um, but I think he's pretty volatile. Like I don't necessarily think this is the best course fit for him, which, you know, kind of sound like a broken record saying that about Cam Davis, Hoygaard and Norman, but he is a high upside player who makes a lot of birdies and is really talented. I don't mind it, but he's not my favorite play in this range. Aaron Rye is one of my favorite play in this range though. If you look at what Aaron Rye does, he seems to always play his best at shorter golf courses. And there's really just no real rhyme or reason to the actual golf courses other than the fact that they're just shorter golf courses. He was 20th here last year. Um, and then in his career, he just has a lot of history at shorter golf courses. T19 at the Players, T12 at the Charles Schwab Challenge, T3 at the RBC Canadian Open this year, T2 at the BMW PGA Championship a few weeks ago. Like shorter golf courses are his jam. And yes, he's super up and down with the putter, but hey, all it takes is one week of up and you're looking at a winner with what he generally does with the rest of his game. 
Now, Andrew Putnam is the next guy that I have a lot of big time interest in. Last fall, pretty much it was very simple. You just plug Andrew Putnam in your lineup and you were going to be getting a good finish out of him. He was really good last fall, starting with you know the run at the Fortinet all the way up through the RSM Classic. And that included a 12th place finish here at this event last year. In fact, he has back-to-back 12th place finishes here at this tournament. You know, the one weakness in his game is his lack of distance off the tee. That is not going to hurt him this week. You know, with the elevation, you know, he's going to get a little bit more ball flight. And with the firm and fast fairways, he's going to get a little bit more rollout. So it's going to be a little bit more of an even playing field for him in that regard. He's a great approach player. He's a great putter. He has a game very similar to Tom Kim. And I do think that that suits him pretty well, given that Tom Kim's the defending champ. So Andrew, Putnam is a guy I'm definitely going to be playing here this week. Another guy that I'm definitely going to be playing this week is Mark Hubbard. So Mark Hubbard um, is coming in on elite recent form. You can't see it on DraftKings because for whatever reason, they haven't put in the fall PGA Tour events yet, but he was 6th and 17th in his last two starts. He was 20th here last year, and he's just a really good approach player. If the approach play continues for Mark Hubbard, then he's going to give himself a chance to cash in with a lot of birdies. Now, in the 7K range, Garrett Higo is an interesting case study for me because last week we were all over him and he finished 16th place, which was pretty good. Um, but I don't necessarily know what his game is, how his game is going to translate to TPC Summerlin. He is very long off the tee. He is prone to the big miss. So he can he is a guy that could end up finding himself in the desert area, not unlike um, Cam Davis, not unlike Nikolai Hoygaard in that regard. Um, but he's kind of fixed his game a little bit. You know, so if you're looking to criticize Gary Kigo's resume, he's missed the cut here each of the last two years, but he's looking at coming in on such a different form, such a different game than he had at this time each of the last two years that I'm kind of willing to buy it and I'm willing to give him a roll of the dice. I don't think he's going to be very highly owned and I think he's a supremely talented golfer and y'all have heard me say on this podcast here numerous times, bet on talent and that guy's talented. So I definitely don't mind Gary Kigo this week. I think he's a very risk reward play and going to be an interesting case study to see if he has actually fixed his game or not. Justin Suh is a guy who actually has his home base in Vegas, um, so he's used to playing this style of golf. He's generally a pretty good approach player and a very good putter, um, so I definitely don't mind the guy you know, playing a home game um, with a skill set that fits the course pretty well. Davis Thompson is another guy that I like. Um, he's a good course fit as well in terms of he generally doesn't have a big miss with the driver. He's not super with the driver, but he doesn't really have a big miss. Um, last year, he was uh, 12th at this tournament. He was 14th last week at the Sanderson Farms. I'm sorry, 16th last week at the Sanderson Farms. So I don't mind Davis Thompson here this week at all. Doug Gim is another guy that I'm probably going to play um, quite a bit of as well. He's another Vegas guy coming off of a very close missed cut at the Sanderson Farms. Hey, he got a four under through two weeks. That's good enough to make the cut at 90% of PGA Tour events. And he's made the cut in both of his appearances here at this tournament. He's not super long off the tee, but he's generally a good approach player. If the putter cooperates, it's going to be a good week for Doug Gim. Now, a few other quick hitters. S.H. Kim or Sung Kyung Kim um, was sixth here last year. Um, whatever he you know does here last year, clearly it translated. Um, he is coming off of a missed cut at the um, Sanderson Farms, but was really good at the Fortinet coming in second place. Um, so 
could be a little bit of an upside there for SH Kim. Um, it's a TPC course, which means that KH Lee is in play. Whatever reason, the guy always plays well at TPC courses. No rhyme or reason to it really at all. Um, you have Ben Griffin, who kind of folded down the stretch last week at the Sanderson Farms. And I don't think it's that dissimilar of a course fit. Um, so he might be a guy that might get some interest. Um, Akshay Batia. Y'all have heard me say it time and time again. When Akshay's out there, I'm going to be playing him. He's got an elite tee to green game. And if the putter cooperates, he's going to win more golf tournaments. That's all he needs. He's got every other aspect of his game dialed in. Now, another guy that I really like a lot is Sam Ryder. So Sam Ryder plays at this tournament every year. And to me, there is something to be said for that. When you get to make your own schedule on the PGA Tour and you voluntarily sign up to come play at a certain event, you must really enjoy the event or think it's a good fit for you and that it's going to be somewhere where you can cash in. And so he's played here in the last five years and he has three top 30 finishes and two missed cuts in the last five. I'm banking on with his good recent form coming in, coming off of a 14th at the Fortinet, coming off of another top 20 at the Sanderson Farms. I am banking that with his good form coming in, it's going to be a good finish for him here this week. I really like Sam Ryder um, heading into this turn. Peter Quest is another guy that I am interested in. Look, I just think he's a high upside player, not unlike Akshay Batia or, um, you know, like uh, Vincent Norman. I just think he's really talented. He's really young, um, and he's eventually going to win some golf tournaments. When he gets his game going, he can really dial in the approach like he did earlier this summer at the John Deere Classic and the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Um, and he also can have some spike weeks with the putter as well. So I'm willing to roll the dice on Peter Quest again this week. Another guy that I'm definitely going to be playing is Matthew Neesmith. Um, I just think he's kind of the course horse here this week. Um, he's played here twice, and he has two top 15 finishes. He's not long off the tee, but he can be elite with his short irons and wedges. He tends to play his best at short golf courses, and this is one. So Matthew Neesmith is a guy who is definitely going to be cracking my lineups. Troy Merritt is a guy who has quietly been playing some really good golf. He's got back-to-back -to -back top 10 finishes at the Fortnite and at the Sanderson Farms, and he wasn't terrible over the summer. You know, he had a pair of top 20s at the John Deere and at the Rocket Mortgage. So uh, I kind of think Troy Merritt, when we think of where we play him at, it's generally birdie fests, and this is a birdie fest last time I checked. So Troy Merritt is going to be a guy that I have a little bit of interest in this week. Now, the 6K range is kind of ugly, but it's not as ugly as it has been in recent weeks if that makes sense. Um, Carson Young is at $6,900. Um, we always like Carson Young at short golf courses. He's not very long off the tee. He's also not very accurate off the tee, um, but that's a guy that you can end up playing and it's shorter golf courses, and you know that's kind of where he's going to take advantage of it. Um, you've got Carl Yuan coming off of um, a sixth-place finish at the Sanderson Farms. Uh, I, I don't mind Carl Yuan as a play. He's a guy that's a recent Corn Ferry Tour guy who makes a lot of birdies, um, so I, I definitely don't mind that one either. Um, and then you've also got Harry Hall, who is a Las Vegas guy. He's played here twice, and both of them were top 15 finishes. Um, the recent form is not great. Um, but he tends to play his best at short golf courses, and he is playing a home game this week, being from Vegas. So uh, Harry Hall is a guy that I like a lot. And then you've also got Marty Doe, Zay Ching Doe, I should say. Um, we've talked about him numerous times here on the podcast, super high upside guy, super aggressive course management. He was 12th last week, um, and this is another course where you can really get after it. Um, and so I kind of think that this is a course that suits his game, and it's $6,700. All he's got to do is make the cut, and he's going to give you pretty good value for it. Uh, and then lastly, the 
last guy I'm interested in is Kelly Craft. So Kelly Craft has very quietly had good recent form. Um, you know, 33rd at the Wyndham back in August, back-to-back top 25s at the Fortinet and Sanderson Farms. Um, that's pretty good form coming in for a guy who's only $6,400. Now, the last piece of this is Lexi Thompson is coming in at $6,100. Yes, Lexi Thompson of the LPGA Tour. Um, playing as the seventh woman, I believe, to play in a PGA Tour event. Um, I think this is a purely for the vibes play. Like if you just want to try this out and you're comfortable putting your money on that, go for it. But I don't think it's necessarily likely that she makes the cut. I will say if there were ever a time for a woman to make the cut on the PGA Tour event, this is a pretty good spot for her. She's a very good driver of the golf ball, averages over 270 yards. And with the elevation and the shortness of the course, she's not going to be at a supreme disadvantage from the guys. But that being said, I still don't think it's very likely that she makes the cut. And it would just be something for fun if you wanted to put her in your DraftKings lineups. Now, lastly, uh, let's go ahead and break down one and done this week. So if your one and done is still playing the fall season, um, first off, you need to know whether you're just playing the fall or whether you're playing the whole wraparound PGA Tour season. If you are playing just the fall, be super aggressive. Play Oberg, play Tom Kim, play JT Poston, play Siwoo Kim, like play the favorites. If you are playing a wraparound season, I don't mind playing Tom Kim this week. Like, I don't think there's that many other courses on the PGA Tour that are a better fit than TBC Summerlin for Tom Kim. You know, he is the defending champ. Um, he is playing good golf coming in, so I wouldn't mind that aggressive play. But if you want to play more conservative, I would look to one of the Adams, Hadwin or Shank. Those would be my two guys that I would be looking for in one and done this week if you are playing the entire season. All right, that does it for this episode. So remember, um, if you want to get more from me, follow me on X at Mike's Money Picks. Fantasy Corner Discord link is in the description. And the full articles are going to be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, if you like what you saw on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. The likes help me out a lot, helps the videos get noticed. And if you subscribe, you'll be notified when all of our weekly golf, college football, and NFL content drops. Um, so you'll be the first to be able to view those. All right. If you made it this far, thank you guys for watching. Best of luck to you this week, whether you're playing DFS, one and done, or betting. Um, wish you all the success. Hopefully Hopefully we're able to give you guys some information that is going to help you find the right guys this week. Thank you for watching or listening, and I will see you next time.